0: Hey Suns fans, close one tonight. The Suns win 99 to 95 over the Toronto Raptors. Uh stadium that was empty due to COVID again. Kind of scary, right? And you guessed it, just me tonight. I am actually joined by Coach Evan B replacing John. I know last time I was missed, but now tonight John is going to be missed, but Coach Evan, thanks for joining again.
1: Absolutely, it is my pleasure. What What a weird game just to start watching with the COVID thing and everything going on. I live in the event industry. We're starting to get more events canceled as well, too. So just seeing that like on a sports level again was it's a little deflating at this point into it. So that was a bummer. But the crowd noise actually didn't bother me this time. You know, last year when they were pumping it in and how annoying it was, Mm -hmm. it really wasn't that bad for tonight's game.
0: Yeah, I was actually listening to some of it on the radio, uh, driving back. Actually, Bally Sports was not working tonight. So Ballet Sports, again, you know, didn't come through for me. Uh, it was aired out, so I had to drive over to a bar, you know, crash a, <laughs> crush a few beers. Actually, no, that's a lie. I actually went to my mom's to watch it because she has Bally Sports. I'm like, I have to And then watch you Ubered somewhere. home safely, right? Over- <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's been quite the uh, chaotic night, but I did get my son's fill. And I think I have enough information to share to you guys. Um, but first, you grab some whiskey, I think, for tonight? I for did. The I've got a little old-fashioned going on here. Very nice. And I got something. Actually, someone put in the comments, Coach Fallen Founder, tell Lissy not to forget his beer. I Actually, I have a V8 again tonight, so we're going to keep on that trend. I'm not drink it too much, unless it's... Just, Real special occasion. Tonight was just a close game, so I'm going to pop open a V8. So here we go. Pop that bad boy open. And uh, let's get this uh, podcast started, eh? Suns win another close one, 9995. Um, super close. Uh, it seemed like there was no runs tonight. Usually the Suns can usually gather a run in the third or fourth quarter to kind of pull away from these lesser teams in the Raptors. I know Raptors do put up a good fight against a lot of uh, heavy hitters out there in the NBA, but tonight it just seemed like the Suns just couldn't get anything going offensively. They did all the little things really to kind of gather this win in the end. Um, but first, actually, Coach, let me just –
2: matthew i got to ask
0: yeah coach i gotta ask we use that drop for our guests no matter who we have to ask (laughs) Uh, but uh i had to ask we were talking about just before this the intro popped that you know the the crowd not being there and then the crowd sounds being pumped in was it depressing for you two questions was it depressing to watch it was did it bring back bad memories of before when this all happened and also, do you think it affect the players a lot tonight? Because we saw like the Suns a, not a whole lot of energy tonight. Uh, kind of was the case last game against the Heat too. But was that something you think that played a factor into the Suns' performance tonight?
1: I think it definitely played into the performance in the first quarter we were down 31 23 after the first and and that's when toronto went on a little bit more of a run to make it i believe it was 37 23 37 25 something like that before we went on one of the only runs i remember of the game to tie it up and actually take the lead early Mm -hmm. in that second corner but i think it definitely played a factor just getting used to the environment again you know what i mean and being able to get back to okay we got to play like this again where you hear everything i mean i for one i actually love being able to hear all the the squeak marks from the shoes and everything you get to hear a little bit more from the players and you hear what the the refs are saying i enjoy that part i wish there was a way we could maximize that when there is a full crowd and whatnot um but yeah dude as i said at the beginning i'm i'm bummed that this is happening and it really sucks for the fans of toronto they were in tampa bay last year right and now they're over here again with no fans so Big bummer. And then Justin Jackson not being there, everyone's assuming he doesn't have this shot. So that's why he couldn't go. It's just bring, yeah. It just opens up Pandora's box and we don't need to go there quite yet.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's never ending and hopefully it doesn't get to the point where we go back to the way it was. Not creating oh. another bubble. Um, I know for me at my job currently, we're staying in the office. We don't work from home at all. So we're, we're just powering I'm, I'm, our I'm, way through it. I While got sent. I got sent home last Thursday,
1: and we're we're oh, here probably for another two weeks at least. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, they don't send us home. We just have to fight through it. If we get COVID, we do go home. Um, but that's the only way we can work from home. So very, very weird. Uh, actually, I have another question too. I wanted to ask you. So, of course, everyone knows that I am a big Cam Johnson fan. He did not play tonight. There was an ankle issue, right? So I didn't miss last game. Uh, I had plans, and I wasn't able to even rewatch it. Um, Good. but there was an ankle issue at the end of the game, right? This is what kept Cameron Johnson out of the game. And I wanted to ask you too, I know Jay Crowder coming back and, um, and Aiden coming back last game. Would you rather, this is kind of weird, a Cameron Johnson that's been playing the way he has been playing and we love DeAndre Aiden. So I don't really want to go there where I'm going to ask you like, would you rather have Aiden or Cameron Johnson <laughs> for the Suns playing in the playoffs, playing in big games? You mean Crowder? Just. Or no, because I wanted to say Crowder. I wanted to ask Crowder and Aiton. Would you rather have Cameron Johnson, or Crowder and Aiton, or else would you, you know, vice versa? But maybe we can just go. Would you rather have Cameron Johnson or Crowder? You know what I mean? In a big game situation, to come back because the way Cameron Johnson was playing, I feel like this always ends up this way, where a player like that for the Suns is cruising, you know, building on some good young years behind him and all of a sudden just ankle injury. So, you know, would you rather those two Crowder or Cameron Johnson?
1: I mean, right now to start games, I will want Jay Crowder to start the games to finish Mm -hmm. games. That's a completely different question. And I want Cam Johnson to finish games. Right. But it also depends on the matchup. Like tonight, how would you have felt watching Cam Johnson guard? Siakam, as opposed to Jay Crowder guarding Siakam. I feel like I had a little bit more faith in Jay. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I it's what Monty wants. And nobody's gonna listen to this podcast as in the Phoenix Suns organization, they're gonna be like, Yeah, he was right. You know what I'm saying? It's what Monty wants. And Monty deserves the benefit of the doubt, regardless of what the eye test is telling you. There's a reason behind it. There's the veteran savviness, and all that stuff. But Coming back off of COVID last game, I kind of thought Cam Johnson should have played and maybe even have uh, Sticks start again and ease these guys mm. into it because that mm. was really uh, tough, to, tough to watch that game. It's a good one that you missed. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you want to get your core five back. You want to get them in rhythm. So I understand completely what happened. Unfortunately, I don't think the issues fall on the crowd or the lineups or Cam Johnson not playing or even if he did play, I don't think the issues lie in any of those questions as of yet.
0: Okay. And I'm sure we'll get into that too. Um, I mean, EJ did mention, you know, these days off they're going to have till Friday for the next game. It might be good because it's a weird question too. I wanted to ask you where they're, they're back to basically they're starting a lineup and now they're just the chemistry issues. The offense doesn't look like it's flowing as well. There's not a whole lot of hustle. DA of course looks off. He doesn't have his field back. I feel like for underneath the rim. Um, so those are things that are kind of weird, right? Cause they were playing so well together. I mean, DA and J missed the X amount of games, but is it normal? You think for a team to come back for these two players that were in the starting lineup and have to have this much time to adjust. It's only been two games, but do you, how long do you think until they can adjust and get things back into rhythm? And then also just like these two days off in between games, is that going to help them enough to where they can come back Friday against the Pacers, a team that's pretty much one of the worst teams in the league and get back on track. Like, is it enough time you think yeah, yeah, yeah. to get the old sons back before, you know, the last two games?
1: Well, keep in mind uh, coming out of the all-star break last year, the Pacers smacked us, Right. Yeah on our home floor. So this is not a team to take lightly. Um, and by the way, anybody watching NBA TV right now, Grizzlies are up on the Warriors 106 to 100. Uh, definitely a game to 351 left. So definitely plenty of time for both teams to make runs and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, Clay Thompson, 15 minutes and 10 points for anybody interested. So scoreboard watching now, that's actually kind of fun going into the NBA. But to, to answer your question, I, I mean, I, Man, I I just, I trust Monty, like, regardless of what you and I say, I just trust Monty with whatever whatever he believes going forward, man. So it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, hard. it's 109 to 100, by the way. Uh, I just, I just <laughs> nice. trust Monty with absolutely every, everything that he does, regardless of what we think, because it's turned out good every mm-hmm. single time for us. And for anybody to second guess that man at this point is – bonkers it's absolutely yeah. insane to me it's yeah just was we- to, to to get the Suns back to what they were they need to go out and they need to hustle i think my Ma- Ma- it doesn't matter what Monty does you know they need to go mm-hmm. back and hustle and rebound and do all the things that made the phoenix Suns basketball the brand of basketball that they had they're going into these games since christmas break just thinking they're gonna win which is a great mentality to have, don't get me wrong. But they just look like they're going to walk onto the court and they're going to win no matter what. And a few things go their way to begin the game, just like the Heat game where we're up 12 to 6. Everybody's kind of celebrating, and then we get run out of the gym. So mm-hmm. regardless of the lineups that Monty does, this or that, the guys have to go out there and they have – I don't even remember seeing an actual box out in this game where some the shot went up. And somebody put their back towards the basket, looked for somebody to box out, put a forearm on them, and then boxed them out. I have mm-hmm. yet to see that even this season. And, yeah, uh, John was on our podcast last night, and he was talking about the Suns are seventh and rebounding. And at the time, I was like, you know what? You're right. Maybe I'm being a little overcritical. But seeing this game mm-hmm. and seeing the lack of box outs and the lack of hustle on that side – it's mm-hmm. just bringing to light a lot of other issues, and they're just not getting the loose balls. The kicked balls are going against them. Guys are jumping out of bounds and throwing it off them so it goes out of bounds. And then our, we're, we're just sitting here pulling a Luka just like this the whole time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I think it just it goes beyond that. They, they just need to show up, and they need to learn how to hustle and play. And honestly, despite everything that we saw, it was really good to see a gritty type of win. Does that make
0: sense? No, it absolutely does cuz you have to just like uh any shooter in the league and EJ mentions it a lot when they're not getting their shots to go down you really got to find other ways to really get into the game like DA where he jumps on the floor for the rebound and then or for the for the tie ball oh my god the jump ball mm-hmm. over there so that's a hustle play right in front of Chris Paul so that's something you have to do in these games where nothing's really going there's absolutely no flow and I think these guys are really just thinking too like we're not gonna have a flow until we have a couple games underneath us. So I think they're just playing through just basically these games, just knowing that. And Fabio Nazinski, like Nazaki, sorry, excuse me for the mispronunciation. In Monty, we trust. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is not anything I don't think we're even talking about this as a coach issue or anything, even though Devin Booker with the foul at the end of the game, where it could have maybe went into overtime, got his sixth foul because he was in the game and he could have probably just had Booker out and then put him back in right after they fouled to get to the free throw line against the... And that was actually a weird thing, too, at the end of the game, where usually, like, games, if you're up by three, you, you see if the other team, right, can hit that big shot at the end to tie the game. I've never really seen. Do you, I've never really no. seen like foul, the foul thing, especially when you're up by three, right? Is that always, just
1: like always, always foul up three late in the game, especially in the NBA? I will forever die on that bridge, forever, forever, forever. If the okay. other team is coming down, and if there's like 20 to 24 seconds left, and the shot clock is off, you know, they're gonna mm-hmm. kind of dribble there, do their thing. You wait for them to make a move, and then I'm fouling right away. I am forcing them to make the mistake at this point, to, to miss the free throw. And then you got to trust guys like DA and sticks to go ahead and get that big rebound. I will forever, forever say foul up three, especially in the NBA you go to, especially when you're on the road, you go into a tie and overtime, then that just is a recipe for disaster. Cause you're the away team. You think you want it. They hit the big game. It deflates you. And it just, you know, rolls yeah. from there. So I will forever say to do that, but Booker fouling, I mean, he was coming off of the free throw. So I get that he had to go back and he had to be the one to foul. Well, actually no, cause they called the timeout and, uh, Fred Van fleet came off the screen and he, and he got him right away. So he should have put in a shamet or whoever else on the bench to, yeah, over that. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. I completely agree. Yeah. I
0: just, I feel like a lot of times they play the last possession. I'm not saying it's just the Suns, it's just NBA in general, where well, I'm not used to that. So I had to mm-hmm. double check the score a few times on my phone because I was driving back with like maybe a minute left uh, or no, maybe like even a refresh, 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 refresh. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, why are they fouling? Why are they fouling? Uh, so I wanted to ask you cause you had eyes on it, but um, yeah, I mean, Monty's not a big thing, but we were talking about rebounds too uh, earlier. Uh, there's there tonight. I, I think I'm going to do something that we've never done on this pod where I'm going to play three back-to-back mm-hmm. drops because it's all just kind of has to deal with the same thing. All right. The skitch report
2: double o mcgee is
0: Biz. <laughs> all right. Well, rest in peace, John. Good to see that. his face. I know. I love all of them. They, I love they always that. look and giggle. Hey, there Who's you go. Who's that? What's up, baby? How you doing? What's going on? Nothing. Where are you at
2: right now? I'm in my hotel room.
0: Oh, okay. I just go got on.
2: off of work.
0: Yeah? You didn't get to watch any of the game.
2: Yeah, yeah thank you. I, uh, I literally looked down at my phone with like about a minute left. I logged into Bally Sports Arizona application on my phone. Did it it didn't fucking work.
0: No, it didn't work for anybody tonight. I had to go so, to Lomo Giaz tonight, dude. To yeah. Watch it.
2: So I, I know uh if you go to sportsurge.net, mm-hmm. you can illegally stream all kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I watched the end of the game by going to sportsurge.net.
0: Okay, Big proponent well,
2: for illegally streaming. I don't give Big a shit. Proponent. I was so pissed at Bally Sports. I'm like, there's a minute 16. The Suns are down by one 90 to 89, and I can't catch the end of this game. Fuck You, Bally. The only
0: thing anybody watches on Bally Sports, and it's just not even there <laughs> the Suns games. It was just, I was like, oh, it must be my app. But no, everyone had the issue. But John, before you joined, I actually did a triple drop. I, I, I did, heard. Yeah, I did the Sticks, Biambo, and then I also did the, the drop for McGee just because. Before we talked about, you know, it's a good problem to have with all these bigs that the Suns have, but then now I know we're just trying to get adjusted again with the starting lineup, but they're kind of just disappeared now, like Jalen Smith, McGee, Biombo, they're just, they don't have the same impact, I knew that would be an issue, because now Jalen Smith is playing the four more, and I don't like that, of course, I think you guys might You guys can talk about that if you want, but Mm. I don't like the fact that he has to play next to McGee as much. I like him playing the center, but he has no choice. He has to play that four spot to get minutes. It just seems a little off right now, but John, what's your take really on just the chemistry right now with this team? I know it's been off, but is it just a little bit of a slip and slide right now just for the moment being?
2: No, what I'll say about this is I'm not going to take tonight's game as a indicator of our rebounding prowess, or any issues on that side of the ball. So I wrote the uh, the preview today for Bright Side of the Sun about this game. And one of the things that I noticed uh, at, from analyzing this matchup was the Toronto Raptors entering this game are the second best offensive rebounding team in the league. Now, from a total rebounding standpoint, they're 16th in the league, which means their defensive rebounding is horrible. They're 30th in the league when it comes to that. And the the Suns are a little bit more in the middle of the pack when it comes to uh, defensive rebounding. So that kind of... That that made for my key to the game. Essentially, it's like whoever wins that battle is going to win this game. And if you look at just statistics, and again, you know, I feel like the worst podcast host coming on here, where I didn't see much of the game, but I'm monitoring it on my phone. I'm Mm. taking a look at kind of the, the statistics as they occur. And one of the things that jumped right off of the bat, right right off the page, was the fact that the Toronto Raptors had 22 offensive rebounds to the Suns' 10, and they had 47 total rebounds, so they almost had as many offensive rebounds as they did defensive rebounds you know why is that well because that's kind of their identity as a team they're a team that follows their shots they're a team that has those athletic wings who crash the glass consistently and that's why when i wrote the the preview for this game i was pretty much saying like we need to focus on that glass so when when you take a look at that and then you kind of pose the question that you posed matthew it's like should we be worried about the chemistry at the five right now uh, especially when it comes to rebounding um Maybe, but I'd have to see it on a couple more occasions rather than take just That's this fair. this individual game and use this as a benchmark because of the team we were playing. If this happens, uh, the next game that we play against, who do we play next? Indiana. Indiana yeah, if this yeah. happens against yeah. the Pacers, which it could happen against the Pacers because you got some bonus. But again, I'm just going to take it in this little segment.
1: And on the flip side, I disagree to a point just because I didn't see the I'm not seeing the hustle, maybe the the urgency. I think the urgency is there. Uh, I thought Chris Paul kind of came out of a shell a little bit more this game. He definitely looked like he was into it. He was John back and forth with with people. He was trying to definitely get the win. I saw his sense of urgency when the Suns went down 12, 14 points early in the second quarter. There was a timeout. Devin Booker. Back, Monty Williams was right behind him. He turned over to all the guys and went like this. Like, come on. Like, what the hell is going on? So I saw that fire for the first time. But every time that shot went up, and EJ said it during the game, man, it's like, you can't even depend on, get, on getting a missed shot at this point. It was laughable, comical. EJ kept saying, I've never seen anything like this. And if you'd have seen it, John, you'd you might have changed your opinion just because of how it happened. You know what I mean? But you know what? They are the one of the best, if not the best, uh, offensive rebounding teams. And we did not put a focus on that. And maybe that's what we should be focusing on. The fact that the strength of one team is the glass. We did not try and go and take that away from them. In fact, I would say we, we ran from it because we were trying to have a guy like, uh, Devin Booker and Jay Crowder, uh, box out Boucher. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like we didn't try to adjust to it. And maybe that's one of my frustrations with this year's team so far. I mean, I love this team. I love what's going on. It has been a struggle since Christmas break. We haven't seen that urgency as of yet, but at the same time, and John brought me down to earth a little bit yesterday when he came on my podcast, it's like, you know what? This is still the beginning of January. Let's talk about this stuff after the all-star break, but I would like to see more fight. More urgency, more more care on the boards, because it just feels like we've been getting beat on the boards over and over again, even though we are seventh and rebounding. So take that for what you will.
0: Yeah, I think when you when you have a team like this, like the Suns and they're just they're the next level of like really any kind of fandom where you can expect them to win every night and when things like this happen i mean we have to kind of like bring ourselves down to i guess earth yeah and just you know be with the other fans be like oh what's going on are we going to be okay going forward and um i just want to do of course I don't believe he was part of that triple drop. I did. I don't know how I pulled that off, John. That was... I'm just so
2: happy. You like you're running the show. This is great. I'm sitting back and relaxing for a show, man. Like yeah. I'm a guest at this point. I'm I'm like Evan over here. I'm just like yeah. Hey, <laughs> you ask me questions, I'll answer them. Yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to drive tonight. This is great.
0: Well, um, Boucher <laughs> was the man. He was the man that was really grabbing those boards. I mean, nine offensive rebu- rebounds Ooh. tonight. But th- the fact that I mean, Aiden had a hard time with him. Everyone did. Basically. I even had a hard time tracking him on the TV for the time I was watching. Like He would end up being underneath the rim just like that. He would end up being where the ball was instantly. Uh, He was always just out by the perimeter if it was a long rebound, it seemed like. Uh, The fact that no one had an idea where this guy was was just a huge problem. But is it for Aiden, of course, how... How long do you think it's going to take him to get his footing back defensively and getting the rebounds? I mean, in the fourth, he closed out really well. Two big blocks. He played really good perimeter defense towards the end. So it's funny because he does come through again in the clutch. But then all game long, he just seems kind of like, I don't know what's going on offensively underneath the rim he didn't have a good feel of where he was there was a time where he caught the ball wide open and then he pumped because he thinks someone's by him yeah and he just and then he dunks that's like an old Aiton move so i don't think it's anything to be worried about really but coach then he takes from uh, uh Aiton tonight anything you know
1: uh, somebody somebody just in the chat said it's a shame that Aiton can't get 10 boards a night and you know on a night like tonight i agree but Let's not forget that he, JaVale, and Jay Crowder all had COVID, and we don't know what that did to them. Mm-hmm. So we do have to just – the humane thing would be just let's give him another two weeks. You're probably going to need a full two weeks from here just to get back to where he was, which is great because we have that time. But yeah. the the frustrating part is that he played 30 minutes and got nine rebounds. Meanwhile, Biombo played five minutes and got five rebounds.
0: Jeez. Like
1: – you know, at mm-hmm. some point, I would like to see Monty do a little more of the in-game adjustments when it comes to the personnel. I think that's been one of his downfalls that I've heard you guys say as well, too. Some of the rotations sometime are, are questionable. So I would have liked to have seen that. I would have liked to have seen a little more Biombo in there since he seemed to be the guy that wanted to get the rebounds. But DA, get, give him another two weeks, man. I mean... He finished with 16 points, six for six from the free throw line. He got the biggest board of them all when they were trying to miss the free throw. Came off kind of a weird angle, and he went up and snatched that. Like there was no doubt he got that rebound. Went on the other end up, I think they were up two at that point, or maybe just up one, and sank two free throws that were clutch. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. As I said, we needed to get a good, gutty, gritty type of win, and we got that tonight.
0: Yeah, John, any takes. I mean, you lose your taste, you lose your smell from COVID. I guess he loses his feel a little bit on the court. So it makes sense. You don't get it
2: back for another couple of weeks. So great take there, coach. He can't, he can't feel his hands. He doesn't know what yeah. he's doing now. He like, know how he's doing his hands. Well, but I mean, again, you know, when you think about COVID, obviously it is a respiratory uh, virus. So it's just from a winded standpoint, you don't know how it's going to affect each individual and relative to their ability to just stay you know, to, to have their breath their entire time. You know, I mean, how, how long did we have to hear about Jason Tatum talking about how he had COVID and how, you know, he was using an inhaler? I think they used that the entire back end of last yeah, season. That was his guy excuse I about. for, yeah. Cause I mean, he was, every time that he missed a shot, he's like, yeah, but the asthma, you know? And see another mm-hmm. reason why coach, I, when I was on the, he's on fire podcast, check it out, Jamsters, go check out the he's on fire podcast with coach Evan B over here. But we were, I was talking about how I thought Jason Tatum was overrated. That's another thing. I'm like, come on, man, a bunch of people have COVID. You're the only one who's like, using it as a crutch and, you know, good better. Yeah. You know, so, but again, like we don't know how he feels, uh, relative to that. Maybe he is taking some possessions off during the middle part of the game as he, uh, knows that he's going to be needed in that fourth quarter. And that's where he's going to kind of come alive and, and put forth the maximum effort he can, which it appears that he did this evening and help close out the, the Raptors on the road in front of nobody. Another thing, have you guys talked about yeah. the fact that they yeah. didn't play in front of everybody? We did. I wanted
0: to get your take next about how, you know, it, it was very strange. I was listening to the radio at first for the first quarter and I heard the crowd. So I'm like, okay, there must be some fans in there. And I just, there's nobody. So they no. did a good job pumping in the noise. There was the Raptors mascot. Yeah, you know? and he kept popping by. It was every time he would go he, by the I, camera, just his big-ass head. I was just start cracking saw, <laughs> I
2: saw him piss off Booker, too. You know, Booker's taking the yeah. free throw, and he's in yeah. there like – doing all, the no, hand review thing. that
0: dude he's yeah. yeah just review that shit you
2: know uh-huh. so but that must have been weird for a lot of the members of the phoenix suns who obviously remember what it was like playing in the bubble and half of the last nba season anybody who goes to toronto has to have that eerie feeling of, of a time not long forgotten that they probably wish they could because playing in empty arenas is something that is definitely psychologically it's going to take them back to you know worst times. And uh, I think that, you know, that you have to get over that psychological challenge when you go and play in Toronto. And, you know, again, I think that's part of the reason why the Suns kind of went down early in this game. Uh, But, you know, to their credit, they fought back uh, in that second half and uh, ultimately pulled out the victory. And, yeah, and
1: and, and oh, the Toronto f- Toronto fans also uh, not being able to watch them last year cuz they were in Tampa mm-hmm. and now they can't watch again and also update updated scoreboard Grizzlies Golden win 116 to 108 Golden State loses Sorry, nice number, number 40, one number one in the
2: west let's enjoy this cuz if we start saying yay the suns are number one again they'll instantly lose the next game Yeah, it's literally I, how it goes
0: i can't wait till Memphis gets the bonus and they're actually the best team in the west i'm just kidding. dude <laughs> they're
2: playing it. ridiculous now they're is that played, their 8th so in, in a row
0: 10th in a row 10th in a row streak. yeah yeah Jeez. Um, and,
2: and and entering this game the raptors were on a six game winning streak and in, that included wins over like the jazz and somebody else that was good yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're 20 Memphis, and
0: 17 now um dylan brooks is out now. for
2: like three to five now.
0: weeks
1: or like four to six weeks dylan brooks is going to be out as well too for them hey, trade
0: him trade him to the pacers
1: they're well, still who? winning though they're how did he win? get hurt i don't know I saw it earlier yesterday. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll look. He flopping. Yeah. (laughs) He flopped so
2: hot he fell down and he hurt himself.
0: We were talking about uh, Chris Paul earlier. Um, Actually, I didn't really give my takes on him, but I think his energy, the steals that he would um, pull off beginning of fourth quarters, uh, beginning of the fourth quarter, uh, I think gave the Suns a little bit of energy. He hit some big shots tonight and I was like, oh, big shot. Oh, big shot. Oh, big shot by uh, Aiden, turnaround. It just seemed like every shot tonight was so big. Because, I like, Suns could not go on a run, obviously. But it just every shot made by the Suns seemed like, oh, that's the biggest shot of the game right there. Even Shamit had a couple. Shamit had a three. I'm like, oh, that's a huge three, Shamit. Good yeah. job. And then Shamit, would, he shot the corner three, missed it, but got fouled. I'm like, oh, dude, here we go, Shamit. So big game from him, I guess. I don't know. But one guy I wanted to bring up was Cameron Payne because I actually wanted Cameron Payne to kind of take off a little bit tonight, take up some of that empty space. Um from chris paul that he was leaving there offensively in the beginning and see if he can kind of take over with the second unit i mean it was a lot to ask for him i guess because this whole team was just kind of just struggling tonight but i wanted him to do something it, he just it wasn't there he was kind of passive tonight and it seemed like he had he had like what was he did not only make one shot no two for five. he had like a floater he didn't get his I, first point to the third through the third yeah, quarter. yeah 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 exactly so then i'm just like I I wish we could have him at the point where when things aren't going right for this offense, for the first unit, we can count on him to come in. And I don't know if you see that coach or John, if you ever see that happening for Cameron Payne, because he's still kind of struggling to where I just can't rely on him. Like I used to, and I don't know if we talk about this too much, but it is a game where I'm like, come on, Cameron Payne, be aggressive, be that guy, take your time, but get to your spots, man. Get that floater up, find your teammates, but it wasn't there tonight again.
2: But isn't that kind of like a juxtaposition? It's like be aggressive, but take your time. The issue yeah, with Cameron Payne he is he's he's too aggressive, mm-hmm. in my opinion. He's always in rush mode. And again, another thing that I think we talked about on the He's on Fire podcast was you know, the issue that he's having right now is he he attacks so much and his the level of difficulty on his shots out of a 10 is probably like an eight. And you know what? On a on a Skill set out of 10, he's probably like a four, so he's really taken a lot of these really difficult shots a la Leandro Barbosa. Very quick, very tough angles, and this year they're just not going down for him. So, what he needs to do is pick and choose those spots to be aggressive rather than always be aggressive. He's always attacking and then missing and not generating any offense. It's like I feel personally when he gets the ball. I'm either going to see a turnover or a bad shot. I'm not seeing him setting up everybody, anybody else, or I'm not seeing him consistently trying to run an offense. So I don't know if it's him trying to prove, you know, maybe it's him still trying to prove LeBron wrong. Remember the whole hit LeBron jarring at him from the bench, humble, you know? yourself, yeah, humble, humble yourself, humble yourself, all that crap. I don't know if he's in, you know, that has affected him, but Probably. you know, rather than staying aggressive, I'd like to see him slow down more and run the offense a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you want to juxtaposition to who Chris Paul is. You don't want him playing as slow as Chris Paul, because again, going back to seven seconds or less, that's what made Leandro Barbosa such a great addition to this team. Is you mm-hmm. had Steve Nash who ran the team a certain way, and then you could completely change the way that we attacked on offense to the point where defenses mm-hmm. were always kind of taking taking their. Uh, You know, they were taken aback, if you will. So it's good to have that. But again, if it's not being successful for campaign right now, maybe he needs to change his strategy for a little bit and try something different to allow himself to get in a rhythm that will ultimately make him successful for the team.
1: That's a very fair assessment. Everything that you said at the same time, he was that dude in the bubble, right? He was that dude during the playoff run. I just wonder if he's that kind of guy that when the lights are the brightest he's going to come out and play the hardest you know i i hate to try to wait 82 games like 82 games is a long time for you to suck right yes and then expect don't turn it on exactly so don't do that but i just there's something about campaign being on the floor that i honestly gives me a little bit of ease and comfort because i feel like he's going to be a gamer he's coming to play every single time it's not working for him this year it's frustrating to watch i feel like He's gotten the touchback to a point when he's hitting it off the glass because before he was hitting them off and they were just going every which way. Right. And now he's starting to get that touchback. We're waiting to see everything get back together. But at the same time, we go back to this, this discussion where the the second unit has just been mauled by injuries and COVID and Cam Johnson being out tonight. So they have yet to even find any type of footing or, or cohesion or whatever the word you want to throw out there is. So what you're saying is 100% accurate. There's also these little things that we forget about that we need to add in there when it comes to his game. He's just a, he's a scoring guy. He's not a Chris Paul. He's not like a Steve Nash or he's not going to defer. No, he is a scoring point guard. And if that's your job, you kind of need to nut up and you do need to do it at the same time. So we're weighing all these pros and cons with campaign, but at the end of the day, he's going to come out and he's going to go balls to the wall for better or for worse. Truth.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. I don't think I meant aggressive like, hey, like play fast or whatever like that. I just meant like just own the ball, like start running some pick and roll or something like own the offense to where you want to run what you want to run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's see if that can work. Because I, I don't like him when he's too fast, of course, going to the going to the rim because he's better when he does take his time. His his floater, the release and everything is just a lot better. Uh one other guy too, Devin Booker, um, our superstar, we never talk about, did have an off night tonight. He didn't get a second field goal till this till the second half. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, though, I didn't get to see too much of the first half, but coach, was he just too much for Booker? Because it seemed like when Booker wanted to put the ball on the floor, Van Vliet was there. And it was very difficult for him to actually uh carry any kind of carry, basically the ball over to where he wanted to go on the court. Um, it seemed like anytime he put the ball on the floor, it was gone within seconds, or else he had to pick it right back up. Uh, was that just really the case? He saw was that the reason Booker had an off night tonight? I know he had the two big free throws in the end. He had a big shot, of course, in the fourth, and that's just the Suns, right? I even put in the notes like, "Who's gonna save us tonight?" And it's just a team effort in the end because you have Booker, Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre, and defensively, DeAndre Aydin just comes through, of course. So it's a team effort again, but Booker, was he just swallowed up by Van Vliet? Was that just too much for him tonight?
1: I, he kind of was swallowed up to a point, and honestly some of it reminded me of a little Drew Holiday guarding him. I hate saying that because it brings up so many bad memories that Ooh, we saw, but that's one, memory, one, of, yeah. one of my issues with Book is I I question how good of a playmaker he is. Because he does tend to dribble himself into trouble quite a few times. When we were doing ISO book at the, the the first two or three months of last season, how well did that go? It didn't go at all. Once we were able to get in the swing of things last year, Chris Paul handling it, he found his flow. He found his rhythm. Booker tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was two or three shots where it just hit three parts of the rim and bounced out. I mean, sometimes that's just going to happen. So maybe it was the crowd not being there. The, the length of. Toronto cannot be underestimated as well too. He wasn't shooting over a short point guard or somebody you know with, with small hands. Isaac Okoro has short short arms, right? Yeah. He wasn't shooting over a guy like that. He was shooting over Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, guys that are legitimate defenders. But you're supposed to be that dude, so you know don't don't let that happen. He was only a plus one on the night. For the record, campaign had the worst plus minus at negative twelve tonight. It was just a tough night for Booker. I mean, he didn't even get the rebounds or the assists as usual. Fouled out with six fouls uh late in the fourth quarter. He had four to with about two minutes left in the third mm-hmm. quarter, I believe. Yeah, on a he very did. questionable, questionable call. He
0: yeah, he was kind of fouling though. He he complained a lot, but he was, he was
1: reach, he was reaching around yeah. what he does. And then and then he was complaining. I I mean To me, I wish Booker would just shut the hell up and go play ball. I I wish he would stop acting like Luka Doncic and stuff and and just start jabbing. There's a time for it. And I'm sure Chris Paul has told him when to talk Mm -hmm. to officials. I really just would rather him be the babyface killer that he was in the first four to five years of his career and just stop John back. But it was just a tough night for him. He was only six for eight from the free throw line as well, too. So here we are. Mm -hmm. And we still won. We got yeah, out rebounded. Won. I know didn't play well. We still win.
0: But uh, yeah, hey uh, nephew Kyle, get the camera going. I so you're saying Clay Thompson's <laughs> better than Devin Booker? Is that what you're saying? Josh? I was, joking, dude. Uh, I was actually Clay Thompson and NBA All Star. No, no,
2: just <laughs> well, I'm just well. Joking, I- Iverson Vlogs asks in the chat: Is it me or has Booker or he uh, he hasn't been playing well since those All Star first revol- results came out this weekend? What do you guys mm-hmm. think?
0: I don't know. Someone else put in the note in the comments, I guess I could have started to bring it back up, that he's been kind of inconsistent this year. I don't think he has. I think Book's been, I mean, he has a few bad games, but he's consistent enough where he should maybe even be a starter in the All-Star game over John Morant, just because the Suns are the best team and he's basically, he's one of the two leaders on the team um but um i don't think so i think maybe when he looks at it he's like oh here we go again right i'm sixth or fifth whatever in the all-star voting but that'll change i think but we did this last year we're like yeah. oh it'll change when the coaching and when the players right. vote and then he'll still be there so i guess get used to a book otherwise just change your face or something i don't know man i well, mean in, in his
1: in his last five games for reference 16 tonight 26 against miami 11 against the Clippers, but then 33 against New Orleans, 24 Charlotte, 22 Boston. And even going back to the OKC, win at the end of December, 38 points and 30 in the loss to Memphis.
2: So and that's exactly what I was going to bring up. I, You know, I pulled up basketball reference going back to when he first came back against Charlotte uh, on the 19th of December. So, you know, under a month ago, and he's averaging 24.3 points a game since he came back which is pretty consistent. He's 91% from the free throw line. He's shooting 40% from the field, but he's shooting uh, 42% from deep. So 24 points for Booker. And and if you click on kind of anything, if you go, okay, his last five before this game, you know, it's right around 24 points. Uh, Let's see. It's uh, loading, loading, of course. Uh, But what are his his 24.7?
1: What are his assists, John? Are they higher than his normal average, which is about it, four
2: or five? Isn't he close to like it's, six it's, or seven right now? It's it's five over the last uh, five games. If you go back to when he first came back, it's 4.5. So, I mean, he's been averaging right around 24 points, right around mm-hmm. six rebounds, and right around five points the entire season for any stretch of the game. So I don't know if inconsistency... Uh, is the right word for Devin Booker. I just feel like on nights where he's off, it's noticeable because he is so consistent, but guess Mm. what? He'll bounce back. He'll bounce right back the next game. So it's, it's consistently inconsistent is maybe a better way to, to, you know, terminal terminalize that. But I think at the same time, like, yeah, he should be an all-star. He's playing, he's the, the highest scorer on the best team in the NBA. And again, he, he's put together some really good games. This is a game that, again, it's just a weird game because you're traveling north of the border where it's six degrees outside. There's no fans in there, and and your team it was kind of a defensive battle the entire time.
0: Yeah, and uh, the reason that book is not going to be a starter, even though I think he should be, is because John Morant does things like grabbing the board. Yeah, or he's grabbing got the, the blocks off the top of the backboard. Like he's that guy. He's the freak that fans want to watch. They want to see that in the All-Star game. Just well, he, like
2: he's the guy, L- the casual fan sees him, you know? The casual fan sees the highlights, just like LaMelo Ball. They watch the
0: replay over and over and over again. Retweet it, whatever you want to do. That's yeah. why it's out there so much. Booker's just not that way. We just have to accept that. So I don't think he cares Ooh. really about the All-Star thing. I think he knows he's going to be an All-Star. But also, he doesn't care about tonight, too, him being inconsistent with him just being having an off night because they got the win. Like, that's the one thing with this team. And we just want to win the championship. That's the number one goal. It's not an All-Star game. And
1: you guys, did you see his, or John, you didn't watch it. His defense tonight, his on-ball defense was superb. His feet were moving. He was in defensive position. No matter what the switch was, he was taking that assignment on for good, better or worse. He plays defense now, too, and that is going to eat into your scoring, too. So what do you want? Do you want him to be a sucker on defense and score 28, 30 points? Or do you want him to be completely involved in the game in every aspect? And some of that is going to dwindle down. Look at Kawhi Leonard. He was averaging, what, 13, 15, 16 points a game when he was the defensive guy in San antonio and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden whenever he does come back hopefully soon he's going to average 27 to 30 points but he's not going to be that defensive guy because you cannot be the scorer and the best defender in the nba it's not possible so my question i want to pose are michael jordan well that was the 90s when you could he hit the go the top of the head with a chair right that that yes. was different <laughs> and you yes. can hand check <laughs> so i want to pose a question to you then what are your realistic expectations? for our superstar cuz he is a superstar Devin Booker. What are our expectations for him then? What are we talking about? Career-wise? Career-wise, game-wise, game-to-game, whatever whatever sticks out cuz people are in the chat saying like I've oh. been kind of disappointed with Booker. Yeah, well, what he's, are No, well, he, he's first season
0: NBA champion. He will win a championship here and in, in the, with the Suns and he'll be the best son of all time once he retires. I see that. I mean, I think that's enough. All-star-wise, he'll probably make the All-Star game five, six more years in a row. I think, I don't know if he'll ever make it as a starter, but he'll be that guy that's going to be in an all-star game.
2: Yeah, I think when you talk about expectations and why everybody's disappointed is we're used to, from an expectation standpoint, Devin Booker scoring about 26 points a night on about 14, 15 shots. And what happens is when he scores those 24, or 26 points a night, and he's doing so on 20 to 25 shots, we're po- making some of the points that some of the people in the chat are. You know, they're saying that, uh, he always dribbles into his opponent, into his opponents. They're saying that he's uh, he, he needs to allow his game or, uh, right here instead of trying to force shots. You know, he's forcing shots. There it is. And So when we get those inefficient games, it's a lot of, well, he's forcing shots. And part of that, truthfully, Jamsters, is because we're spoiled. We're spoiled because he's been an efficient score, especially over the past about three seasons. But go back about four seasons ago, we used to get some inefficient Booker because the team sucked and he just had to do whatever he could to try to have the team tread water. So from an expectation standpoint, I, I fall right in line with everybody. Like I like Devin Booker to score about 26 points a game on about 14 shots. And that's what I'm used to because you know what? He's going to get six – free throws and he's going to make them all he's going to hit a couple threes uh but to your point coach you're, you're spot on you know he plays a lot better defense than he used to and that's going to take away a lot of his offensive energy his offensive uh and he knows that he he can play that defense because he doesn't need to carry the team offensively anymore you know again we won tonight devin booker didn't have a great game but it's because the other players around him can step up and provide points on the scoreboard that and those are points that he didn't or he, that he used to have to score himself. So it's like, do you want holistic Booker who can play both ends of the floor? Or do you want just one, one dimensional Booker who can put up 30 points a night, you know, but he's, he's a turnstile on the other side. You know, I'd rather mm-hmm. complain that he's forcing shots and trying to score and still playing solid D versus, yeah, that was great. They scored 30 points, but man, he gave up 42 on the other side.
0: Yeah. And you want him to keep shooting he's rebounding
2: though? too. He's rebounding. Yeah, his guys. rebound is fantastic, especially this yes. year.
0: And he does the thing, like even EJ brings it up. You got to do other things. I mentioned the beginning of the pod. You have to do other things if your shot's not going down. But I do like Booker to keep shooting. You know, there was one point, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago, there was a game he was really struggling. And I'm like, oh, don't shoot. But I'm like, no, way, wait, 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 no, keep going. Because in games like this... Where he needs to hit a big shot in the end to really clinch the game or hit big free throws to clinch the game, then he's in rhythm. I don't want him to ever stop shooting, even though if he is cold, he'll still do everything else. He'll still grab the rebounds like you're talking about, he'll still play the good defense. He'll still do the little hustle plays if he needs if he needs to because he is that kind of player. So keep the shots up, I think for sure. Any final thoughts on Booker tonight? We yeah, about, real, this is a record real,
2: time. Dude, I know we no, we never talk about Booker this yeah. much, but but here, here's where he stands in some statistics relative to his entire career. Field goal attempts, he's averaging the third most field goal attempts in his career. Field goal percentage, he's averaging the fourth best field goal percentage in his entire career. Uh, three point attempts, third most in his career. Uh, uh three point percentage by three percentage points, the best ever of his career points. He's currently fifth out of his seven seasons in his career. So that's mm-hmm. where the, that, that's, that kind of shows where our expectations are not being met. All those metrics he's super high on, but the point total isn't as high as we're necessarily used to. That's why it's a little bit different. And you look at like his free throw attempts, for example, You know, his free throw attempts, these are the second fewest in his career. That's the difference between what's going on in the past Mm. and what's going on right now. He's, He's not getting to the line nearly as much. And I'm okay with that because in order to get to the line, you have to get fouled. And when you get fouled over and over again, especially as a guard, it wears you down. And what happens? You get to the NBA finals and you're hurt like he was last year. So you know what? I'm okay with him shooting as much as he is, maybe not necessarily making as much because again, it's the third most in in field goal percentage, but again, the top from the three point percentage. But if he's not getting fouled as much, I'm okay with that. Let the big guys get fouled. That's what they're good at. Stay healthy stay healthy. Yeah,
0: and he's never been that guy. I think he showed glimpses last year of getting to the free throw line, but it's nothing we really count on this year. We've never really even mentioned it, right? Get to the line book. We never said that. I yeah,
2: because last season was his highest, or his second high, or I'm sorry, two seasons ago was his highest total getting to the free throw line. That was 7.3 attempts mm-hmm. a game. You know, he's at 4.6 this year, and I'm okay with that because that means he's not getting fouled. It means he's not getting hurt.
1: And... He's, uh, he's averaging 5.4 rebounds per game, his highest mm-hmm. mark in his career. Highest of his career. He's averaging a steal per game, highest in his career. 2.4 fouls per game, the least amount of his career. 2.7 turnovers, the second lowest of his career to only his rookie season.
2: There you go. He's becoming a do- 3 and D wing. <laughs> <laughs> he's shooting threes he's playing d man like and he's he not going to the free, free throw line but he's not going to the free throw line yeah he's like it's like uh mikhail bridges 2.0 all,
1: all while playing less minutes than last year and the year before he's averaging the second least amount of minutes too all positives
0: anything else on booker
2: my no, that's, a, that's a record jam star of the game John,
0: I had to cut you off. Just um, it's
2: okay. It was great. I had to do it. I, I knew you were waiting. You've been trying <laughs> forever. Feeling good. I'm well, now kidding. you have to remind the Jamsters that they yeah, have to hit Jamsters the subscribe button. Yeah, Jamsters, go ahead and button.
0: subscribe. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up button. And also follow Coach Evan B on Twitter, at Coach Evan B. Um, you can follow his podcast. What's your podcast name? Because at, I at, have not blur right now. At, at He's on Fire Pod. And I got a bone what to is. pick with you guys. The Suns what
1: Jam is. Twitter mm-hmm. does not follow me. The official Sons wow. Jam podcast. Maybe because I didn't know your. Follow me.
0: Maybe because I didn't know your podcast name for some. I, I'm
1: I'm bullying you to greatness on Twitter currently right now, and I'm trying to get some other people on here to, to bully you as well too. And it looks like it's working. I've got a couple replies on there, but uh, yeah, at he's on fire pod. It says, it says you follow GMD. each
2: other.
0: Hmm.
1: Weird, because it, it says said
2: following. The the official Sons
1: Jam account. Sun, it does not say. Camp. It does not say
2: follows me. Watch this. Oh, let's see, we're gonna go share, share screen, share screen, window. This share. So you should be able to see right here. It oh says no! He's oh oh,
1: oh my, my my personal account at, at oh. Coach Evan B. Oh, well, let's
2: no, just go like this. That one, Coach Evan. That's I. Uh, if oh. And check this out. We'll go down here. This is really fun for everyone listening. They're like, what's going on?
1: (laughs) This is great content for them.
2: Yes, exactly. Now now I'm going on the Bright Side of the Sun account. (laughs) Hope Dave's not watching. And I'll follow you from from Bright Side of the Sun.
1: And all is right with the world again. There you go. And just like
2: that. You feel better now? Everything was
1: right. Oh, I feel so much. All is right with the world now. Yeah, there you go.
2: All Boom, right. shot clock <laughs> uh,
1: so right, son so, we Son's Sun's jam star of the game. Who's you got uh, you got coach. It's gotta be it's gotta be Chris Paul. He had the best plus minus of the night, 15 points, 12 dimes when we really needed it. Five steals. I mean, the Raptors were kind of a turnover machine tonight, but five steals, clutch steals, had a big shot at the end of the game as well, too. Made a couple of big free throws. CP three all day long. Who do you got, John, from I give phone. it
2: phone? I, I give it to Matthew for running the pod tonight. I do. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Yeah. This is very very well done, sir. So no, you get you. my well, jam before, star of the game. But, yeah. I know, but like not with me on it. Normally oh, yeah. Designer. You
0: know what? It's a lot of pressure. It's like your uh, your dad or your big brother watching. Oh, you know? shut up. <laughs> Don't you mess up. <laughs> Don't you fuck up, um, Matthew. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Chris Paul, too. Uh, basically, he just he handled the game towards the end and just made sure we won again. He's just that guy. And Ryan Rasilla was talking about him, too, how point guards are so different now mm. to where they're just a score first. You know what? I am running this pod, John. The disrespect you had to bring on your food. I'm
2: eating. <laughs> what are you eating? I'm having chicken milanese. It was my last meal. Is it tonight. A, is
0: it actually a healthy
2: meal there? Yeah, that's chicken with the chicken. arugula greens. There you it go. Looked, it no, yeah, it looked nice. It's and healthy, delicious. Man. It was my last night managing the restaurant here in Reno. Oh. Uh, all the old residents were hugging me goodbye and the staff was all in tears. So I left a good on them. Yeah. Oh, good job. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, thank you. I did a good job here and I'm coming back to Scottsdale tomorrow morning and then I'll be working there for the next couple of weeks. I think I have to come up to Folsom in california for a week but like i'm pretty much done with the traveling for the most part all so. right you hear that
0: yeah you hear that james Victory dance. he'll be back full time no more missing pods for dates all right so who do we got oh that means i'm right no here? longer gonna be on <laughs> all right. oh you, yeah. we'll, you'll, we'll still have
2: you on we'll still have nah, on. We'll you guys do, are part yeah, of the we'll family we'll do a three-way
0: we still got the three-way <laughs> option uh Whoa. fabio nazaki uh cameron johnson i'll never pronounce your name right so just get used to it sorry fabio just for short uh, Cam Johnson Jamstar, yeah, I miss him so much. I, that broke my heart. That's the one thing I can't get over, really. Uh, boss man was oh, yeah, dude, we didn't even talk about Jay Crowder, actually, went off hit some, huge for tonight. Three, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he had a monster game in the first half, too. I think he had 13 points in the first half, carried the Suns offensively because no one was really doing even a good job. DEA equals Jamstar from Det Nibble. Um, and then also Westville says CP3. So, yeah, I guess we all agree basically that it's Chris Paul. Even though there's only three people that said they're jam stars. What when John does this, we get a lot more jam star uh recognition. I don't know what's going Sh- on. Here. Shannon
2: just texted me and said, Ooh, you're eating on the pod. No one wants to see that. So thank you, Shannon, for watching.
0: <laughs> no, that's his thing, Shannon. Actually, he does eat. The- oh, it's the only time she gets to see you too. Yeah. Is when you're on the podcast. Yeah. Do you wanna wanna, you know, say a little sweet thing to her or no? I love you, Shannon. You're my so, best fine She wants to turn it off now. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Fallon Founder, it, CP3 Jamster. It's, it's
1: a good thing that the Cardinals and Cowboys don't play each other, right? Ooh,
2: oh, thank man. God!
0: I didn't want to watch that again because I don't like watching Kyler Murray anymore. He gets me down on the dunce with that body language, so I didn't want to see it, dude. No, is he, that what it is? Here's what's great. Yeah,
2: what, what did Cliff Kingsbury? I was talking to one of my best friends today on the phone, and he's like, because I was asking him about it. We're both huge Cardinals fans, and he goes, "I go, what do you, what do you think about us going?" On? He goes, Cliff Kingsbury said that don't worry about K one because when. It's all when it's what all or nothing on the line, it's he's a different individual, and I can see that. I can see like he's a guy who, even though he sucked in games where it's all or nothing so far in his career (laughs) for the Cardinals, it's like win and get in or win this and win the West. Like, I'm excited for this weekend, man. And you got the Niners, dude.
0: Yeah, so when do the Cardinals play? Do they play at Monday night? night. Monday night. Oh, wow, during the Spurs
2: game. So, like I don't know how that's gonna work. We're gonna. Well, have we'll probably just have to ever.
0: do the pod after. I don't even. No, know. we're
2: just gonna do like well, a five-minute podcast. Like, ladies well, and gentlemen, the Suns beat the Spurs. Have a good night.
0: Friday night, we'll figure it out in front of the Jamsters, like we are right now. What we're gonna do, <laughs> like we is, always do. This is how we do it. Uh, but yeah,
1: Matthew's gonna of... ask questions. John's gonna be like, "What?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, trust me. I'm game. gonna want to watch. I'm gonna want to watch the game too. I thought so you, you don't like watching
2: Kyler Murray. You hate his body language.
0: <laughs> yeah i did say that didn't i mm. well i'm screwed on that I, one. <laughs> I will be doing
1: a live stream for any cardinals fans on here since there's two games the Suns and the cardinals i'm going to be doing a live stream starting at 6 p.m local time uh so you guys can come on out and come watch the misery or celebrate with us the <laughs> there you time. go
2: <laughs> you never know
0: yeah, so speaking of the Suns, because this is a Suns podcast. The Suns oh, yeah. have Pacers right? preview for next game Friday night. They play the Pacers at 7 p.m. Uh Pacers are one of the worst teams. Uh I actually just had a question of what team do you guys think Sabonis will land on after the trade deadline? Do you think he will be a Grizzly? It's a good do one. Do you think I think the Grizzlies and I called I thought that before Bill Simmons said anything because that's like my other team or the is the Grizzlies. Really?
2: Yeah. Well, let's take a look at his contract to begin. Like who, who has the ability? Uh, he's got, he's currently on a four year, 74. God, that's an easy he's contract in. to trade. Yeah. It's 18.5 mil a year. Like that is it's so attainable. It's not a max, but it's going to be
0: the war. Watch, you know, it's going to yeah, be,
2: but, but like, what does Memphis give up to get him? Cause you, like, you know, that the Pacers Brooks. are holding. Yeah. But Dylan Brooks for Sabonis doesn't benefit the Pacers. Steven Adams. So how does that benefit sense, the Pacers? Though. No, that, he's, that, he's that, that, way I think,
0: overpaid. I think the Pacers are just a team where everyone's forcing them to kind of rebuild, so I don't think it matters. But you need have.
2: assets to rebuild, so they're going to try to get a king's ransom for Sabonis or but, hold you, him at bay.
1: You got you got guys like Jared Pulver, Zaire Williams, Brandon Clark, but none of those match up when it comes to the the salary aspect of it. I mean, you got a Kyle Anderson at nine point nine that you can throw in there. That would None. be one. He's he's on a one-year deal,
2: you, but that still doesn't add up. Oh, and then there's – like I can see Boston doing something for him because Boston is pretty crappy right now. They're on the verge of being run out of town it feels like, and they have some assets you could potentially give up. I don't think you'd go the full Jason Tatum, nor does that make sense mathematically, but there might be some draft picks and things in there where where they could – because, again, Memphis, like if even if you put all those names in there and you go, yeah, and two first-rounders, that doesn't have the same value because you know that this is a top four team in the West and those, those draft picks aren't lottery picks. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, is he going to end up with OKC or the, the Rockets because they've got so many assets that they can give away? that I could see, mm-hmm. I could see him on OKC for a bunch of assets I, that I could see. Yeah,
0: I could see, but I think he would want to be, I think it's up to him. It's, really it's not, it isn't, it isn't though. I know, he's but under, I feel like behind for the four scenes... more years. I know, but I feel like there's just a little bit behind the scenes probably with him where it's like, hey, can you just get me out of here? We'll get you a place that you'll be happy with, and maybe they'll get something back. So OKC would be – I love OKC. I think OKC, they were actually the first team we talked about or that I talked about that should trade for him to start winning because they have a good, young, talented team with Shea. And I just – I want to see that team grow. Yeah, just get that guy there. That would be nice. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm.
2: I'll, I'll, that's my final answer. I'll say OKC. He will okay. be traded to OKC before the trade deadline.
1: I get a weird uh, feeling it's going to be Dallas, and I will hate myself for that. Oh my like, God, man, yeah. you're right. There you they, go. That's it. Guys. But, but
2: but what assets do they have, ladies?
1: I mean, if they actually legitimately do want to give up Chris, Chris Stops, you can give that up. But then Dallas or uh, Indiana has to give up something more. But what about the? The group of Karis Levert, Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, and Sabonis not getting the job done. I was really high on them. I was and high on I, them me too. too. Yeah, I thought they were going to be able to do uh, maybe not championship or even Eastern Conference, but I thought three, four, five seed was very mm. attainable, especially in the Eastern Conference. So
0: they did have the one good year two years ago, uh, right before COVID. And they actually they they kind of spiked mm-hmm. before people thought they were, and then after yeah. that, they got Levert. Levert had the setback, of course. But then after that, it was just like, I don't know Olad- what happened.
1: Oladipo had the big setback because he was hurt so many times as well, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I get that. But I just I feel like it's going to be like a Dallas or Miami thing, man. Uh, and uh, the rich are going to get richer, whatever it is. Uh, OKC would be great, man. I'd love to see SGA with Sabonis. Are you kidding me? That would yeah. that would be awesome. But it'd be fun. Did, did Sabonis play? Yeah, he was in OKC by before. That. Yeah, he was drafted by them.
2: Yeah. What and a I wild turn see- of events. I, I, but again, I look at the the assets for Dallas, and I don't necessarily just see it working because again, they're a team that because of Kristaps Porzingis, they trade away a bunch of draft assets as well. Well, the Spurs now—that's somebody just said the Spurs in the chat—and looking what they have, they always have shit up their sleeves. Let's see what they've got. Derek White. Now they just paid him. Dejounte Murray. You're not going to get rid of Thad Young. Throw Devin Vassell maybe. Keldon Johnson maybe. Those are a couple guys who you could put together uh, with some draft capital and maybe make happen. Throw in Pirtle. Forbes. Jakoberto could possibly, you know, he's making, you know, seven point five a year. So I mean, there's the Spurs have the assets. I don't feel like the uh, the the Dallas Mavericks because they shot themselves on the foot. They, I mean, they went all in on Kristaps and they got rid of all their draft capital in doing so. So I but, really think a team with draft capital is what Indiana wants. They want picks that. And an there
1: asset. it is. There there it is. I mean, the assets you're talking about for Indiana to receive back would be Maxi Kleber, Reggie Bullock, uh, Dwight Powell, all guys you could throw in that are actually pretty close to where he's at. And then you throw in a, a Trey Burke or something like that. But I, I can't believe that they gave Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. 21.3 a year for four years. That's. That's Again, another
2: bad move by Dallas. That's why Dallas is stuck right now. No one talks about them because everyone was so high on them. And they are just they've they, they backed themselves in the corner, just like the Lakers have. They, those two franchises who are backed into a corner and it's going to take three years for them to just be able to operate unless they flip a, a major piece for mm-hmm. more assets. I don't see it necessarily happening.
0: They actually, they've won three, or sorry, six in a row. So the the thing is with Dallas, when they're bad, they are terrible. When they're playing well, they are scary because of Luka. Um, the, the Tim Hardway thing, it looked good for the first year now. Of course, everything kind of dwindles out, especially when Luca comes in out of shape. Your team's <laughs> not gonna look the greatest. When he facilitates everything, he is the franchise in <laughs> the team. You just need him to be in shape and you need everyone else to click together. Um, but they're also just really quick the the hornets, of course. Yes, that would be awesome. I don't know what you would give Gordon up. Hayward. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because he hasn't really I like the name there, but he hasn't really filled the position like we thought he would, or at least I thought he would. I like the mm-hmm. signing of him. Uh, it was a lot of money, but I thought they needed to do it. So if it's a way, if it's Hayward for Sabonis, I'm down for that. I really am. A big man like that that can pass on that team would be pretty fabulous.
2: Yeah, give up Kelly Jr. Though, Jr. too. <laughs> the disadvantage though is, is Gordon Hayward makes thirty million a year, so you'd have to throw in more on the Indiana there side to make that happen. But but you have Terry Rozier. You know, if they want to go that route, uh, Kelly. Oh, T.J. Warren's gone. By the way, they'll they'll throw him in in anything. TJ yeah, Warren, but, will does be gone. It, but, but who wants him? They yeah. want that one year deal. Truth. That's a I good can't believe point.
0: the Suns just gave up that guy.
2: <sighs> I know. God. Terrible, right? Cash considerations. Yeah. Oh.
0: All right. I think that's it. I think that's the pod. We went over it by two minutes already. So that's my what? bad. I am the one that is navigating. I just sorry. I wasn't paying attention, but um, yeah, Jamsters, go ahead and uh, subscribe. Hit the like button or the thumbs up button, whatever you guys do out there to give us a shout out. Oh, Apple Star. Do we still do the five-star reviews on yeah, Apple too? Yeah, we're just
2: not getting any reviews, Nothing. man.
0: In Spotify too. Uh, check that out. So, so yeah, um, Spotify, follow...
2: we currently have, just to give you kind of an update, because you can do five-star reviews now on uh, on podcasts via Spotify. But mm-hmm. uh, of course, whenever I'm I'm looking for stuff and I'm talking, I can never find it. So um. Yeah, but no new Apple's five star reviews, and I've ruined the podcast by simply trying to hope that my internet would load in a hotel room. But clearly, that's not going to work for me. Right, so I'm, inter- I'm done.
0: You're the internet guys. So. Uh,
2: we we have 5 star reviews, and we currently have a five zero rating. Uh, right.
0: Very good. There. All right. Well, Jamsters, you're doing your job, so I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. We all appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me at Matthew lissy You can follow John at
2: at Darth Voida.
0: You can follow Coach Evan B at
1: at Coach Evan B.
0: And I think that's all you usually say, right, John? And
1: you should have another five-star review coming your way. Yes, thank oh, you.
0: 19, lucky number 19. Thank you. Oh, it actually went up to 4.8. No, oh, very nice. Nice. Um,
2: and make so sure no you one... follow Coach Evans' podcast. At, At, he's on FirePod. Fanning the
0: FirePod. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Matthew, just go, go home and love your family already. Oh, yeah. Go
0: home and love your family, everybody. Good night. Thank you.